Welcome everybody to Dead Talk Live. Today we are joined by Paranormal Investigating Team Nick and Tessa Groff from Groff Adventures and Death Walker. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time out for be and being on our show. Uh, how are you guys both doing today? We're doing great right now. We're in the sunshine. I know you're in <laughs> so Florida. It's beautiful out. It's uh, it's great. We've been running around with the kids, and um. We decided to get away from haunted locations for a minute because that's yeah. all we do is we're in dark, gloomy, decrepit locations with all this back history of just. Um, There's only so much time you could spend in the darkness and you guys spend yeah, a exactly. lot of time in the darkness. So let's get started. I want to start with you, Tessa. Uh, like I mentioned before we went live, I didn't know you two were married till I interviewed Nick last year. And he was just speaking and he's like, Tessa, my wife. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Tessa's your wife? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, I did not know that. But uh, I think that's awesome that you two work together now. Uh, my question is, was Death Walker the first time that you two worked together for a TV audience? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. No, it was, actually, it was actually on her podcast show. Okay. I came on her podcast show. And she didn't even really know not anything about me. Yeah, so like I've never watched any of his shows. I didn't really know anything about him. Uh, he came onto my podcast and we just kind of started talking. I had to ask a mutual friend about his background. I was <laughs> like, what do I talk to this guy about? I don't know anything about him. Um, so, you know, we talked there and then, uh, but for TV purposes, I think, yeah, Death Walker, Death was, Walker. Yeah. was it, yeah. Okay, um, so, so that's when the TV viewing audience really got to see you up close for the first time. If you don't mind me asking, how long ago was that podcast when you guys first met? Over three years, I think. Yeah, three I years. think over, over three years. Yeah, it's been yeah. a while. Okay, yeah. cool. Now, Tessa, you are a medium. Nick, what kind of a, how does it impact the investigation to have a medium with you each and every time? What does Tessa add to the investigation that you didn't have when you were doing solo or group investigations? Uh, so much more insight. There's a lot of insight that's being missed because you can only go so far back in information and factual uh, back check with research. So she's actually highlighting and visually in her brain, she's seeing stuff and communicating with spirit activity uh, based on what she picks up on and her abilities. And then we're able to take that collectively and go research it even further that we didn't know with historians and other people and local people and find documentations based on what uh, has been picked up on and that's the great part about doing this together is yeah. it's all the time it's all the time it's not just on death walker it's at our household it's here right now we're always talking about spirits or communication or just the world we live in and just you know being alive and stuff like that she's like the real life uh wednesday adams <laughs> I think I just, I, we did a, a reading for somebody yeah. at the airport we ran into somebody and i ended up just spontaneously reading them because their mother had stepped through so it, it, like he said, it's all the time. And you did, and you do that on Groff Adventures at the end of the yeah. Banshee, you guys were just sitting, eating dinner and you were prompted to go speak to these, these two women sitting at the she bar. Was. <laughs> uh, yeah, she was. she'll, she'll do that all the time. When it's really strong, you say it comes through yeah. and you just want to go and you have to deliver that message if they want it. You know? Yeah. And I, I feel like as a medium, you walk around kind of like a lighthouse in the dark for spirit. So if you're near somebody and somebody recently passed or there's somebody on the other side who wants to come through, 
they know that I can see them and they won't leave me alone until I deliver that message sometimes. Now, Tessa, you know, having this for your entire lifetime, have you noticed, does anything trigger these messages, these visions that you see with your mind's eye, or do they just completely come randomly to you? I see it as kind of like a volume control. So there's times where I can kind of tune it down, um, you know, if we're trying to go to sleep or if we're, you know, just trying to go about our day, most of the time I'll tune it down, but you can never necessarily turn it off. So I think for the most part, it just kind of comes to me constantly because I'm never off. Um, and so if we could be out at a restaurant, we could be out at a store, we could be walking down the street and I might be picking up on a house that I passed or something that happened on that street or somebody within a location. So it's just constant, honestly. Now, all these shows that I have seen where a child discovers they have special gifts and they're talking to a medium who's experienced, uh, you see the medium tell them, you got to learn when to, your boundaries, you got to set your boundaries. Do, do you do that? And did you do that from a young age? Did someone help you set those boundaries as to when spirits can interact with you? You know, back when I was a kid, it was not the paranormal wasn't talked about. Mediumship back then was kind of taboo. Okay. I grew up in an Italian Catholic family. So, mm -hmm. you know, most of the time they didn't want to talk about it, even though my grandmother had the ability and she would constantly talk about, you know, spirits within the house or these messages that she would get. And, but then she would deny that that's what it was, you know, that's yeah. what it was. My mother also has the ability, uh, but we didn't talk about it until I think I was, I was probably a little bit, probably around my son's age. So probably about like nine years old. And the reason that we really started talking about it was because my father's best friend died suddenly at like 4 a.m. in the middle of the night. And when I woke up not knowing anything, I gave my dad a message that there was no way I could have known anything. Wow. And I think it was that point where they started realizing maybe we should take this seriously. I had no boundaries, though. There was nothing that I knew back then. I had nobody to really talk to. Um, and so I had to learn that on my own. I had to, you know, I was obsessed with The Wizard of Oz. This is going to sound really stupid, <laughs> but I, I was a dancer. I was a performer. And I love the Wizard of Oz and I would put myself in this bubble as a kid and pretend, you know, like Glinda with that mm -hmm. big pink bubble. And I would put myself in that at night and envision myself and say, you know, nobody could come in to this bubble and I'm safe and nobody could talk to me at night. That's and it was good. weird because then it started working and I started being able to control it more. Wow. And I came up with my own methods. And so um, I try to help kids now to understand that because I wish I would have had somebody yeah. to that as a kid that's for me the wizard of oz scared the crap out of me those flying monkeys <laughs> those flying yes. monkeys terrified me at a yes. young age yes now yes. nick now that you're basically your own boss and your own boss and you don't have yes. to answer to producers and executive what kind of freedom does that give you for your investigations that you not did not necessarily have before yeah i think it's it's way better and more productive. I feel there's not so many notes on narratives and how to change the narrative or to up it for uh, producing fat factor for fear, you know, to scare an audience. Yeah. Like when I used to do a commercial uh, TV broadcast for cable, it would be, we need better bump outs. Bump outs were right before commercial need to be something crazy happens mm -hmm. and oh my gosh, you don't want to miss what's coming. So now it's just, I go through the edit, we look at the best credible evidence, and it's the rawest investigation, it's straightforward, and what you see is what you get, and it's right through it, all the way with, with Deathwalker, so I just submit it as is, and 
you know, that's what it is. Um, we own Deathwalker 100%, and uh, we're just licensing it around the world to different uh, networks and stuff that are picking up. And it's doing incredibly well. Yeah. We did 40 episodes, and we are in the process right now of shooting season four, which is 20 more episodes. And, so, and for people that don't know, Deathwalker is available on Film Rise, which can be seen on many different outlets, including YouTube. Yep, and Tubi. Tubi and Tubi. You- in Roku, um, YouTube in America, mm-hmm. it's in um, it's in the United Kingdom right now on Discovery Plus, and they're, they're airing it on the Really Channel too in the United Kingdom. And we're looking at different outlets like Canada's coming. Coming, we're looking at Italy, Germany, Spain. We're going all over the place. It just takes time to push it into different networks and different uh, territories throughout the world. But uh, it's a totally different process. You know, you don't have a network supporting the project. Exactly. So it's not a continuous production budget where they own it and they can do whatever they want with mm-hmm. it and you keep cranking out episodes. But with us, um, we're we're personally financed and we're going out, we're doing them, and then we're selling it around the world to different networks, like I said. And we've been lucky enough to do it and and keep, you know, it's, it's a tight budget. It's tight. We get the nitty gritty done. But I think collectively the, the quality and, the, and what we're doing, the narrative, is factual and to the point and that's what a real investigation is you exactly. know if anyone's looking into the paranormal that's how it really should be um and i think times are changing too you know i think people are sick of like um the oversaturated paranormal content which is basically the hype value for it and, and they're missing the credibility yeah so i think that's what the big picture is in the long run is for us we want to maintain the credibility because that's worth more to me than just you know, running around for five minutes of fame or being mm-hmm. on TV or something like that. I, I'm just kind of, I don't know. I've been in this business for a long time. It's highs and lows um, in the industry, but I think ultimately I've always maintained my credibility yes. and the respect value. And I, I really want that name to be remembered because one day I'll be gone. Mm-hmm. And I have, we have five kids and I want our kids to live up to that expectation of who we stand for and what we're doing and presenting our projects and so on. And I want that to be credible, you know, so our name can live on and we can kind of create these conversations with the paranormal because really that's what it's all about. No one has the right, um, you know, definition of what happens when you die or what's next. But we all have uh, ideas, thoughts, backgrounds, religions, whatever your beliefs are. We have abilities, insights. But truly, I think multiple things happen when you die, from Mm -hmm. my personal opinion. But at the end of the day, we want that respect to maintain through our name and what we're doing for our children and so on and the other people that are watching so we can keep building this and learning and growing and evolving as human beings. And what gets me is that today there are so many paranormal investigative teams and they've been largely influenced by what they've seen on television. Uh, and they really, from hearing stories, they're doing stuff uh, they're not supposed to do and pushing the limits and provoking because they just are looking for likes and views, whether it's on YouTube or trying to get picked up by a network or whatnot. And they're pushing the boundaries. Uh, to give a perfect example, your latest episode on Groff Adventures, Banshee, you guys picked up on some very positive energy there, Tessa. Mm-hmm. And you were able to relay that to the owner. It doesn't always have to be dark, sinister to get an audience engaged. How do you feel about that, Tessa? Yeah, I mean, from a medium's perspective, I guess, because I interact with spirit every day, it's very easy to determine what is positive and what is negative. They're two totally different things. And from the time that I was a kid, 
to now, I've honestly only come into contact with something that I could positively say is not a positive spirit. It is more negative. Using the word possibly demonic, however you want to label that, it's probably it's less than a handful of times that I've ever come across that, you know. And so I think that the reality of the paranormal is that not everything is negative. It's it's good entertainment for mm -hmm. TV. Um, and it's scary and you have that. But the reality is, is that when you're walking down the street or you're in a store or you're whatever, there's people's loved ones that are around them. And there are positive messages to come through. I deal with criminal cases and stuff all the time, missing persons, homicides. Um, and so the paranormal extends to that. It's yeah. those spirits coming through to bring closure about a case. And uh, I just think that it's more than what people make it out to be on these shows it's not dark and negative all the time yeah yeah i think more like in the demonic nature is what we're yeah. referring to because you got to look at stuff as history um there's so much history in this world that's layered upon layered you know you have battles you have the civil war revolutionary war and so on and we can go up the the laundry list of history then you have locations specifically that holds energies that's ab absorbed over time uh maybe a fire took place and people perished uh there's tragic events and sometimes those tragedies are still lingering. Yeah. So it doesn't mean it's negative and demonic and everything's crazy and the world's going to end. But what it means is that maybe these people that perish, maybe the energy or the conscious thoughts or those people are still going through that tragedy, not knowing. And that's what we're picking up on. I think we're jumping to conclusions so quick because we want yeah. that dark nature, hard hitting, mm -hmm. like boom, clickbait. You know, People want to see what they see in horror movies, what they see on these yeah, ghost hunting shows that are network. I mean, because they want to experience that and they want to see the dark stuff, even though I have no doubt if they actually experience it, they're going to go running 100 miles per hour the opposite direction. Um, yeah. Now, Tessa, I have interviewed several mediums and each medium has their own style and personality. Uh, what would you say yours is your own thing that, you know, is not a technique widely used, but it's something that you developed since your youth. Um, I think I realized a long time ago that I was able to provide what I like to refer to as evidential information. And so from a very young age, I was doing, you know, criminal cases without really knowing what I was doing in a sense, like providing information to people. Um, I would randomly give messages and it's those things that there's no way that somebody should be able to know that unless you were in that person's shoes. Yeah. So the evidential information coming from a medium's perspective, I think is very important. And it was something that I've been able to maintain throughout my life. Um, it, it, I didn't even have to develop it that much. And I think that there's a misconception sometimes where people say like, I developed this or I, uh, was able to do this somehow but i think that some every medium or person with that ability has their own avenue that they go into like i love doing live shows i love doing gallery shows and stuff yeah. like that but that's not everybody's avenue yeah. um i love doing criminal investigations that's not everybody's avenue and so i just think like you said everybody kind of has their own style mine is very clearly evidential information in and whatever I, way that might mean for the person and i could see the pleasure in your face that when you pass on a message and help somebody you know you enjoy yeah. that you you know you really connect with somebody who's living through the dead and i know that sounds very odd but you're doing something very very good and i just I want to say thank you for doing that because a lot of people, random people that you just walk up to and just share a message from a recently deceased loved one, 
it really does make a difference for them, I would think. So, all right, I want to spend the rest of the time that we have talking about the elephant in the room. Nick, you've re you released a video several weeks ago, uh, sort of airing out something that's been being talked about for a while now, but you laid out what has happened in the past with your uh, ventures, with uh, previous shows and networks. My first question to you is, what prompted you at this stage to make that seven minute long video? Yeah, I think I was just at a point where so much stuff kept being uh, resurfaced and trying to stop my productions in life. And what I mean is in a business. So when I keep my head up and I keep going, which I was told to do multiple times, twice throughout my life in two different projects from Ghost Ventures to Paranormal Lockdown and so on, I, I did that. I said, all right, I'm going to be the bigger person, move on. And I'm not going to continuously feed into negativity and I'm going to keep making something better. I know, I know what I can do and what I'm capable of, mm -hmm. but I'm going to drive forward because sometimes there's, you know, sometimes stuff just needs to be let go, you yeah. know, and, and don't hold grudges. Don't move on. Like people can have differences of opinions. People don't have to agree. You know, people change. That's how it goes. Life, life is life. Right. But okay. sometimes when you continuously narcissistically try to stop somebody and for whatever the reason is for no reason and try to hurt their reputation, their business, or to succeed in life and try to stop financially their family from progressing in life. That's an issue. That's a problem. Yes. That so is... this was brought to my uh, attention uh, very recently uh, by Dakota. He called me and he told me some stuff and uh, Dakota shared stories with me and I said, enough's enough. So yeah. then I basically said, you know, I told Tessa, I gotta, I gotta put this video out. You know, it, I should have did it years ago, but it just wasn't worth it. I said, you know what? I can keep going on. And I had the opportunity to go on and do that. And I had several network people say, oh, don't say anything. Keep going. All the network people knew. And it's just, it's one of those things, you know, when you work in the industry and you're doing something, everybody wants to keep riding that surfboard on that title, on that great wave that you're surfing, right? Yeah. But when that wave crashes down, everyone wants to hurry up and exploit people and say the truth. <laughs> But I'm the type of person who has always been like, this is what it is. You either like it or you don't. This is who I am. And I'm just a straight shooter. You know, I'm I'm a New England kid. I don't care about the glam and the, the light and all that. I love what I'm doing. I'm passionate, but I'm truthful with what I do. So, you know, when you start creating stories and false narratives and yeah. stuff like that about me to try to hurt me, then you and can especially when it reaches to your and family, we can settle it or we can move on. But yeah. I mean, unfortunately, it's methodical and it's behind the closed doors, and that's what it's been. So I just decided to put this video out and just leave it out there for everyone, so it's from my mouth, so everyone can hear it, and we can move on from it. <laughs> but there—that's pretty much the gist of it. I mean, there's really nothing else to talk about. I, I summed it up pretty quickly because I know with those videos, you just gotta be quick. I mean, it's not emotional; it's facts. It's to the point. And that's really what it should be. And honestly. I want the people awesome. to know that me and Nick did not go over, over any of the next questions I'm going to ask. So don't think this is scripted in any way. My next question is this uh, talking going on in the background. As far as you know, is it still happening to this day? Um, I haven't heard, haven't heard uh, like um, talking going around in the background, like uh, people still trying to stop. Well, it is it is it's happening it, and it even affects me too like once of people course. found out that him and i were 
even back when we were engaged, um, you know, I'll, I'll even be public about this. I was prior to me meeting Nick, there was a lot of production companies who approached me to come on shows as the medium. I was very picky. And so I never uh, really went with any of that. I was actually approached to be on the new ghost adventures. And this was years ago. They wanted me as the medium on what they called it, the new ghost adventures. And so um, I didn't knowing Nick at the time, and we weren't very public about our relationship at the time. I said, no, I'm not interested in that at all. But if you guys would like to work together as uh, creating a show with my ability and stuff like that, I would love to do that. But I'm not interested in being on the new ghost adventures. Wow. Um, the company loved me. They wanted to work with me. We worked for probably about three months on multiple different shows to pitch. We pretty much got a green light. Finally, Nick proposed to me and uh, I was excited about it. And so I told the guy who I had been in contact with for three months how excited I was. And the following day, I got a phone call and everything was shut down. Wow. Um, this person that I was speaking to is part of the network who's directly associated with Zach. And so um you know that's yeah. where that ended and so now i'm not upset about that i i know that those things that was not the avenue i wanted to take regardless um but from that point and this is only three years ago right and mm -hmm. so then here's death walker and him trying to get it put on there and up until the point of the video there are things that were being done to stop me to stop him to stop us and now it's affecting our family it's yeah. affecting our careers uh and for what yeah, yeah I, like I, what's what is the point of this? For this me, point? I see yeah, I, it I was, like I was told to I can never come to that network as long as he's there. That was told from an executive at the network. Yeah. Now, um, for me, that's just bullying. It's it's the same as school bullying. It's no different. It carries over into adulthood, into people's career, and when you start affecting people's family, no, families kids are off limits to anything that happens right. professionally now you mentioned dakota dakota laden from destination fear the destination fear team has been on our show twice yeah. um and you know with your video and destination fear getting canceled recently and i when i heard that it got canceled i sent i believe chelsea a message uh I congratulated them on going out and doing what you guys are doing now, you know, not waiting around for a phone call yeah. and not waiting for an opportunity, but creating your own opportunities. And I think they came up with a great idea. And I just wanted to share my support with her and say, congratulations. Now, when Dakota was still on Ghost Adventures, Zach would be very protective of him. When we started seeing Dakota come in front of the camera, he spent many years uh, behind the camera and then before he left to do Destination Fear we started seeing Dakota more in front of the camera in Ghost Adventures to the point where I thought they were slowly going to transition him into the Ghost Adventures team that's mm -hmm. not what ultimately happened now uh, as far as you know and I only want you to speak on stuff that you know uh, was destination fear because this is this is not my question this is the question that's been going around the internet everywhere was zach responsible for destination fear getting canceled as far as you know if you don't yeah, I mean, know I, then i mean yeah you, i mean I, i'm not a, i'm not a part of that production at all and i was not a part of that um so i can't speak from personal okay. like this is what happened but that's for Dakota to answer. I mean, Dakota said he was going to put out a video 
I would imagine he, he'll put out a video in the future talking all about that stuff. Um, I think he mentioned in his video. I mean, I talked to him in lengths. He told me the real reason of everything. I know everything about everything. Mm -hmm. I've talked to multiple people who know everything about everything. So, but it's not my place. That's for him to answer. That was his project. That was his doing. I had nothing to do with that. All I'm talking about is from um, him communicating with me what has been said to him while he was working with them okay. and what they were doing and what they were saying with me and slandering me and bad mouthing me and trying to stop me and all that stuff. Gotcha. So I know that because that came from Dakota and multiple other people and a person from the network too told me that. So it all it all um, cooperates the story instead mm -hmm. of hearsay. It's facts from multiple people um, continuing the story that has been years. No. And you got to let go. I mean, like, yeah. I, think, I think the, the, the other thing to acknowledge, though, too, is that uh, these people that are, yeah, I'm going to check the baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, people behind the scenes, these hosts from other shows, uh, clearly do have connections. And that's been made very clear to both of us. I've heard, um, you know, these executives and stuff from the networks openly say that they are kind of controlled by him and that there is under the table deals going on and stuff like that. So although we can't necessarily say if Destination Fear was canceled and it was Zach's fault, what we do know is that Zach has done those things or has that ability to do so if he wanted to, and that's 100% true. Yeah, and no person should have that, that power. And for that, you got to place it on the people who let him have that power. Now, uh, you know, for you, it must be very painful to see your family getting drug through all this um you know do you think uh now things are gonna shift for you and your family where you guys are able to move forward with your own stuff and not have to worry about things that happened so long ago i think that uh if you look at just nick's career separate from me um you know from ghost adventures to paranormal lockdown and then to now death walker um, he's done an amazing, he's very talented in what he does. So like the difference between somebody like Nick, and this is not by any means to knock down anybody else in the paranormal field. I'm just specifically giving my opinion on Nick. He's very talented. He's not just um, the talent on a show. There's yeah. many people who are hired for a show as talent. Whereas Nick went to school in lengths for film. Uh, he's a, he edits, he films, he creates, he does everything for the, the stuff that you're seeing yeah. on Death Walker. And he did that consistently. He created, edited, produced Ghost Adventures. He did that for Paranormal Lockdown. He's now doing that for Death Walker. And so he's shown a consistent pattern in being able to get knocked down and then take his abilities and his talents and what he knows and create something even better. Yes. Um, you know, so I'm very confident that regardless of putting out the video, I think that we would have still pursued and, and done better uh, together. And both of us have that creative and very passionate background. And so I think the both of us together have really worked hard to bring this to the table in hopes. Here's our little dude. Oh, so <laughs> cute. Come say hi. <laughs> what's, his, what's the name? Luciano. He just Luciano. Woke up. Oh, so cute. Yes, yeah, he, he was sleeping. Hi. He just woke up. You want to say hi? Um, but my point is, is that I, I hope that this video, if anything, brings awareness uh, to what has been going on. And so hopefully, um, you know, those things that have been happening to hurt Nick or hurt our careers or whatever could possibly settle them. 
And a lot of people don't understand because the entertainment industry really is uh, a world in of itself uh, on how things are done. My question to you, Nick, is during your first 10 seasons on Ghost Adventures, uh, when did your relationship with Zach start to change? Uh, what I, I think I understood from your video is he found out you were pursuing other uh, shows to produce not necessarily leave ghost adventures this is from your video what i understood yeah you meant you were just I looking pro i produced one other one yeah so he produced four shows that were paranormal shows prior to me producing one show um and it was uh a show that i pitched to the network the network passed on and in my contact it, it first passed a refusal of what it was the general manager wished me the best luck from trial channel i went on to pursue it and another network picked it up which was discovery at the time which mm -hmm. was destination America, they picked it up and that was it. There was, I didn't do anything wrong. It was per contract. Uh, he called me up, he got uh, upset about it. He went to the network, told the network, he wasn't happy, said he wouldn't show up to the network if I showed up. Got all the guys to go against me, said he'll basically fire them if they go against him and basically said, um, uh, they don't all want to show up at the next, the next location if I show up. So I was dragged along for two months, basically saying that uh, I can't, I can't go to the locations, <laughs> so Jeez. it was really weird. It was bizarre because I created that show. I brought all those guys together. I edited it with blood, sweat, and tears. The documentary um, worked really hard for ten seasons. I edited the first season. Um, you know, I, I. It's just it's crazy. Um, I mean, you, you know, two guys were the top two guys on Ghost Adventures, and you know, for the first ten seasons. Yeah, and, and look, I I don't regret anything. I love I loved it. I put my blood, sweat, and tears in it. I truly did, and I really passionately believed in it. And I think that's what hurt more than anything, rather than just communicating. Like you know, we were we were supporting each other. I actually had talked to him two weeks prior to that phone call, and um, them doing a press release on a show called Ghost Stalkers back then with John Tenney and Chad Lindbergh. And I basically um, spoke to spoke to him about, you know, we should support each other. And because he had a new show, he come out, he, he was working on his documentary or something. I yeah. didn't really, I didn't know anything about it. I actually had no clue he was doing that documentary and I didn't know anything about it yeah. until they randomly mentioned it in a car uh, during a location we are filming on Ghost Adventures. So it is what it is. I mean, honestly, I supported everything he did. I, I was all about like, look, let's all support each other. It's great things. We love what we're doing. Um, there, there doesn't have to be somebody over somebody else. If that's what you want to do, you should do it. Mm -hmm. And this is what I'm going to do, but absolutely did not support it at all. He just methodically plotted wow. to push me out. And I think, I, I believe, you know, it was more than that. I think it was a money play. I think it was all sorts of stuff. So it is what it is. And you know what? It was probably the best thing that ever happened to me, to be honest with you, because mm -hmm. I was able to pursue and create Paramount Lockdown. But I think when it happened to Paramount Lockdown, that's when I was truly just like devastated. Yeah. Because that was like my heart and soul. Like I was literally like out there grinding in these locations, living there like, disintegrating my body, sleeping at them. And I put everything I had, the budget was cut in half. It was twice times less to make Paramount Lockdown. I just, I just don't get it. You know, mm -hmm. I will never get it. Um, but I let it go because holding on to anger and holding on to that type of stuff in life, it's just, it's not healthy and it's not right. 
So I, I pushed forward and I said, all right, we're going to do it our way. And we're going to find personal people that will get behind the Death Walker. And that's what we did. But I think when it happened at Death Walker again, it took me a while to get it in America. Because again, you know, same yeah. story. It's just, and I think the me- problem is, is you have two, you have two basketball players. Like, you know, you got your Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan, whatever yeah. you want to analogize it as. And it's like it's an ego battle almost in a yeah, way it's weird it's weird because i have no ego though that's the yeah. crazy part is i just don't i'm a team player i love working with people i love cross-promoting i love supporting people i love seeing people like prevail in life i like seeing people succeed so mm-hmm. it really has nothing to do with that i just don't i will never get it but we've always butted heads from day one we butted heads even before ga we butted heads um so it's just, it is what it is. I think because I don't put up with BS. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hear you. You can't control me. Yeah. And when you can't control somebody in that kind of mindset, I think it just, it's. There are just some people control. out there that they feel the need. They need to be the top dog uh, for some yeah. reason. They need to yeah, be the top know, dog. I let, it, I let it go. I even reached out to him. Um, even when his uh, father passed away, I even um, sent my condolences and I messaged him and stuff, but. You know, I've tried. I've tried reaching out. I've tried saying stuff, but I tried patching up the past. But it it just it will never happen, unfortunately. Um, it is what it is. But I have nothing to look back on. I'm pushing forward. I'm happy, married, beautiful family. I love what we're doing. I'm excited about life. I'm excited about what we're doing right now. And really, it's about now. Like, never look back. Always mm-hmm. push forward and never give up. That's what I've learned is never give up. Exactly. Because I could have easily gave up and mm-hmm. said, you know what, forget it. You know, when you're when you're stripped of everything that you built up and you're kind of on this like high horse, right? And you're stripped of that and you're kicked to the curb naked. Yeah. And you're like, good luck in life. And you know, you're left to just like disintegrate. How a lot of people would have given up. How, exactly. I, yeah, they would have. How do you feel about the, the amount of support that you have gotten oh, from people? Amazing. And it's amazing. been a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I gotta say, like I get goosebumps thinking about it. It makes me feel like I did the right thing in the support from just people. I don't even consider people fans. I just look at people as people, right? That mm-hmm. support because of a reason or a belief or idea or something meaningful to them. Like at home, they're watching what we're doing or watching what we who we are, I guess, yeah. how we present it. But then when we cross paths and they really get to know us within that like five minutes of talking or whatever, I think it's the connection of us as human beings, what we're meant to do and what we're meant to um, put out there as content or whatever you want to call it. Because one day we're all going to die. That's a fact. It doesn't matter what you believe, but it's what you leave behind as a human being is more impactful than what you're doing for five minutes of fame or all this other stuff. I think that's the bigger purpose for Tessa and I, and Tessa is a rock. She's, she, when I really got to know like who Tessa is and who she stands for and her abilities and how truthful and real and positive and how she's an incredible mom, it's like both of us together with those beliefs is just more powerful. And now I realize why I had to go through everything I did. Mm-hmm. It might've hurt and it might've been really rough and, and hard like climbing mount everest at the time but i realized the purpose of life right now yeah this is where i was supposed to be yeah i wasn't on the right path the path in the universe will kick you right in the butt and say no not that's not the way you're supposed to be you're going too far so absolutely and i want to say knowing how the industry works myself 
when you yeah. left Ghost Adventures, when Paranormal Lockdown did stop at what seemed to be its height in popularity, I knew there was something rotten in Denmark going on behind the scenes. I didn't know. I mean, I guessed and I was pretty much right, but you knew something was not right because I had an ins I know how this industry works. Uh, before we go, I know you're a big horror movie buff. I yeah, I am. <laughs> I, you know, I love that you're a horror movie buff. Three great horror movies have come out in the last month. Nefarious, uh, The Pope's Exorcist, and The Evil Dead Rise. Have you seen any yeah. of those three? I haven't, because my oh. kids have been keeping me busy. <laughs> Our baby Luciao, oh man, we haven't had time, but we've been watching a lot of docuseries. We love the criminal um, uh, docuseries like on Netflix and yeah. stuff like that on Amazon Prime. So we try to sneak away, but I do want to see the new Evil Dead. I'm a huge great. Uh, Sam Raimi fan in Evil Dead. I love, um, even the Ru Russell Crowe, right? Plays- Yeah, uh, the Pope's Pope Exorcist. Yeah, Russell Crowe. It, lo it looks cool. It I was. like Russell Crowe. So I'm curious about that one. I will eventually watch them. I used to watch, I still try to when I can sneak it in, but I've been filming so much and doing so much. And with the baby, he just turned one within the years. The first year is always hard with yeah. the new one. But I used to watch two movies a day um, because I just I love film. So I've seen almost every horror movie you can think of. But recently in the last year, it's been tough, obviously. But I, um, I, I really would urge you to check out Nefarious because I think out of the three that I mentioned and all three are great. Nefarious is this big sleeper hit that I think by the end of this year, it's going to at least be in the top five horror movies of 2023. Okay. It stars Sean Patrick Flannery, uh, and he gives a great performance. And it's not highlighted by this big studio budget, money, and and special effects and fake blood. It's yeah. it's all dialogue. But yeah. while Evil Dead, I'm talking with Evil Dead Rise, you get an elevator full of blood. And I'm not kidding oh, about that. Awesome. Yeah, there's blood all over the place. Even yeah. The Pope's Exorcist by Sony Pictures. Great special effects, great movies. But if you love story-based horror about a demon, because this is a person on death row who is facing the execution chair in a few hours, and a psychiatrist has to come in to evaluate him, and the movie starts right away. The uh, the the demon who is named Nefarious tells him, "I'm a demon." So this whole movie is them going back and forth. There's no glamorous special effects or anything like that. I it's just that. dialogue, and it's star. Yeah. I mean, story based horror. So definitely check that out, Tessa. Before we go, do you share Nick's passion for horror movies? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I do. We actually love some of the same. Uh, horror movies. Yeah. Although he's seen a lot more than me. Yeah, yeah. He's seen so much more than me. Um, so he's always showing me new movies that I haven't seen and stuff, but we do watch them. That's awesome. Guys, yeah. uh, I want to thank you so much. That baby is beautiful. Congratulations. <laughs> you, know, you guys have a beautiful family. Thank you so much. Keep walking. Just keep your eyes forward. And I want to tell everybody out there who's watching this now or who's going to watch this eventually. Stop putting out YouTube videos with your hypothesis on why stuff has happened. <laughs> you just got it from the horse's mouth. I mean, yeah. come on, just let's let's quash that and move forward. Yeah, I want to thank Nick and Tessa Groff, uh, the YouTube channel. It's right there on the screen. 
at Groff Adventures is how you can find him on YouTube. Uh, Deathwalker through FilmRise is available on YouTube, Roku, in multiple countries. It's 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 available everywhere. Check out those two shows. I look forward. Is there a schedule that you have with Groff Adventures as to how far apart new episodes are going to come out? Yeah, we're, we have one right now that's going to be coming out uh, very soon. We're just going through the editing process, but um, we would love to be putting out two to four episodes a month. Mm-hmm. But it's been a little tricky <laughs> yeah. with this one. But uh, we, we will be putting out more as we progress, and I would love to put one out every week, honestly. Yeah, yeah. but, um, you know, you're your own boss. Your own boss. Do it at your own time, you know? You yeah, know? And yeah. Just have fun. Right. Yeah, but we have a lot of unique locations we're going to be investigating coming up. And again, we're filming uh, t- twenty episodes, and we we do everything ourselves. So we have a lot to film coming up. Very, actually, right when we get back, we're filming ten more episodes. So all of May, we're going to be filming into June. And then you also have Death Walker too, or is that for yeah, Death, Death Walker? Walker? Death Walker. Yeah, both. We're doing both right okay. now. Back to back. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy that beautiful baby. I want to thank our audience who tuned in. On behalf of Nick, Tessa, and Luciano Groff, and myself, stay safe and stay walking. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you.